When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Nosotros, the podcast about San Antonio culture, history, and politics. I'm your host, Elaine Ayala of the San Antonio Express News, and my guest today is Kiko Martinez. In journalism, he's a bit of a unicorn, an independent movie critic who gets published in newspapers and websites. He has carved out a niche for himself, covering the entertainment industry's Latino actors, producers, directors, and movie projects. He's a San Antonio native, a dad, a husband with a day job. He's also a cancer survivor. We'll talk more about that later. Thanks for being here, Kiko. Hey, thank you, Elaine. I appreciate it. It's lovely to see you. Yeah, lovely to see you too. And I've been keeping up with your podcast. I heard a couple of them, and you you really capture the uh, the the culture of San Antonio in oh, a beautiful way. So thank I'm you really so proud of you. Um, here's a young person telling me he's proud of me. I'm proud <laughs> of him. It's one of the reasons I um, I've been following your career for mm-hmm. quite some time, and have marveled how you've made yourself a movie critic that's published Mm -hmm. regularly. Uh, It's wonderful to see. Thank you. Before we get to your top 10 movie (laughs) list, which I love, let's review your San Antonio credentials. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I grew up in San Antonio. uh, I'm from the south side of town, uh, deep south. When you think of south, you think of Southwest military, but I'm way far out there on 1604 going to Los Soya, Texas. Uh, Way out there, I went to Southside High School. Wow, it's it's almost farm country. It is farm country, definitely. Yeah, we would hear the the coyotes at night all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Hear the coyotes at night, you can see the stars was beautiful so i was there uh, all the way up till uh you know 1998 when i graduated from there and i uh, went to our lady of the lake university i wasn't sure what i was gonna do i was really torn i was uh in band uh in high school so i was a big band geek me too I'll, i just wanted to what play, did the, you play the trumpet clarinet okay so that's all i wanted to do is just play the trumpet so i wasn't sure if i wanted to do uh that or i wanted to write i had always been a writer my entire life i remember even you know four or five years old creating stories myself and uh, i just had to make a decision you know you can't be a you can't be a uh a, a, a trumpet player and a well i guess you can but you have to kind of you can, <laughs> you can. woody allen is a clarinetist <laughs> that's true but you don't want to go you don't want to go that down. Route. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so uh yeah i decided to go into journalism i played trumpet a little bit on the side. I haven't touched the instrument in a while, which is kind of sad. But um, yeah, so I, I had to, uh, I picked journalism. I decided to go that route. And then of course, you know how newspapers work. You have to kind of uh, pick your, your 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 field. You have to pick what uh, beat you want to write. I, I, I um, uh, luckily uh, started at 
uh, La Prensa newspaper, which of course I'm, I know you're familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. which they took in uh, young journalists at, that were hungry like I was, and they threw them in the fire. So not only was <laughs> I writing about film, I was writing about politics, sports, health, anything and everything, right? Right, right. And then just from there, you kind of pick and choose what you decide, you know, what you like The one the thing that La Prensa did is kept you writing. You were practicing, practicing. You were practicing. All right, the time. Yeah. Not many people read it, but that's okay because I was practicing, <laughs> practicing. <laughs> oh, poor Mr. Duran. Yeah, if you heard you yeah, turning into grade, <laughs> not many people read <laughs> well, it was a small paper, of course. It was a small and, yeah. paper. And um, so I uh, continued with that for about five years. Uh, I really uh, focused a lot on the uh, entertainment industry, specifically movies. And uh, nobody was writing movie reviews at that time for La Prensa. It was in the early 2000s. And so I just asked the editor at that time. I was like, hey, can I go to the movies and write about it? Can I? And at first they were like, <laughs> I remember this. At first, I don't think I've told many people this, but at first they were like, yes, but it has to be a positive review oh my god and I, well they were all about that right it's so, true and i remember i was like oh okay <laughs> I, I again i had never done it before so i, well, I hope the only thing that came went through, went through my mind was like well i hope it's a good movie then right <laughs> <laughs> excellent, so, excellent. so i went and I saw it and good thing it was a good movie but i the following week i went and saw something and it wasn't a good movie and i was like there's no way i can write a positive review about this it was it was really bad unless and you focus say on the set something yeah something you can find you can always find you something can always good find something positive and so i went into my editor i was like hey there's no way i can do this i was like it, it, it would uh it would it wouldn't be fair to anybody especially as a writer i'd feel fake about doing so he talked to i think i guess mr and mrs dudan and um they went ahead and uh, Gave me the permission to write whatever what I wanted. What was the movie? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, actually, God. no. This was such a long time ago. That was like that was about three thousand movies ago. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. So that's how it started, and I just kept going. And you, you know, over the past 20, 25 years, you just continue to build your contacts little by little. You know, in two thousand, you know, I had to go out and search for the the Latino. Um, celebrities that I wanted to interview. There was like maybe one or two that would pop up in a movie every so often. So it was a, it was a challenge to go out and find them. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't care if they were like the lead or the second lead. I'll be like, Oh, you're playing, you know, you know, uh, a gang member number three. I want to interview you, you know, I want to tell me your story. And I was like that for everything. Yes. And then now today it's a little bit better, a yeah. little bit better. We still, but, but now it's like, okay, now they're coming to me and they're like, Hey, oh, do you want to interview? So and so for this movie, or do you want to interview? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wow, okay. Now, now it's too much. I have, to, I've, I haven't said no as much as I have in the past, you know, five years. Where it's mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't keep. There's no bandwidth here, you yeah. know, at, yeah. at all. So there's only um, so many movies. There's only so watch. many movies you can watch, and there's so much content now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Back, in, I always tell everybody, back in the '90s, you know, 80 movies might might hit the theaters. One film critic, one movie uh, journalist could watch 80 movies in one year and write about all of them. Mm-hmm. Now it's more like. 800, 900 movies a year that's coming out in streaming and in theater, mm-hmm. it's impossible. There's no yeah. way. Yeah. That's and why then, when people bring up a movie, you're like, oh, I haven't heard of that. It's because they, it's just- How can you? Yeah, there's too many. There's, there's too way many. too many. So, um, yeah. You've always said that movies and um, entertainment freelancers are like a small army all over the country, but mm-hmm. they're mostly on the West Coast. And the East Coast. That's right. You're the outlier. (laughs) You're in San Antonio. Well, I was the outlier 20 years ago. I mean, when, like we were talking a little bit earlier with one of your coworkers, um, every newspaper, every major newspaper in every major city had its own 
film critic, that's not the case anymore. Um, they they go out and get a wire uh, service to give them uh, film reviews and things like that. And it's because around 2000, 2002, all these movie reviewers started popping up online little by little, like, oh, well, who's this? They're, they're writing movie, they're writing their opinion on movies on the computer. That's not, that was something new. And I remember I started a website around that time. So I got in on the, on the, on the ground floor with that. Um, and I started, you know, pu publishing little movie reviews and they were terrible movie reviews. It, uh, if you go back and you can go to the well, way back machine, and this right? Wasn't when you were called CineSnob? Uh, well, I've always, yeah. CineSnob. Uh, net. Uh, yeah, it was a while back. I used to write for a new, an, another website that I started called Our Tiny World. And that's where I would published stuff when I was going to RJ the Lake. So it was kind of like an online diary, but I would also publish like little movie reviews here and there. And so, um, yeah, and it was just interesting the way that the the industry was changing because I grew up watching Siskel and Ebert on TV. Me and, too. And and and, and watching uh, the um, um Larry or reading Larry Ratliff's uh, of course um, uh, reviews in uh, in the Express News. So that's the only uh, connection to movie reviews I had were those two things: TV, newspaper. And they were good, and they were good. And I was like, oh, how do I do that? That's interesting. And so around 2000, 2002 this internet popped up and then all of a sudden these websites start coming up and they're like, oh, look, you can write your own reviews. Go see the movie, write reviews. So I started doing that. And then that's how I kind of like started, you know, just throwing things out there, got a little bit of, you know, uh, recognition here and there. But uh, but five years later, there was so many. It was just like and, so many reviews. And, and so you're, but you're the only one in San Antonio that I know of. Well, there's a couple, back in, you know, 2000 I was. Uh, now there's, because it's expanded so much, uh, there was, I'm a reviewer that would write for specifically for San Antonio newspapers and magazines. Now there's so many websites out there in the East Coast and the West Coast. I could write for them. Anybody that wanted to could write for newspapers in LA or New York. So there are a couple, I would say about a handful of, of writers that I know that write for different websites and have a kind of a following and things like in that. In San Antonio. So, in San Antonio. Oh, well, that's yeah. good to know. It's good to know. And especially in the past, like maybe five, 10 years, it's, it's gotten mm -hmm. up. Again, it's less than 10. It's... If, if you go to Austin, there's dozens and dozens of movie movie critics. Oh, there's really? dozens and okay. dozens of them. Good yeah. To know too. So, but in San Antonio, it's 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 it's. It, I've seen ups and downs. There's you know, you'll see a movie critic come in like I'm a movie critic, and then you know, a half six months later, you don't see him anymore. So that that happens a lot too. Who do you um? Where do you publish most? So I publish a lot of my uh my articles at uh, Ramescla. Uh, dot com. So it's a specific for Latino uh, uh, themed. Uh, and it's uh, good. And it's a great website. It's a great website. I do a lot for the San Antonio Current as well. And then I recently, about two years ago, started working uh, for the online MySA. So sometimes I'll give them if I have an interview with somebody that they're interested in, I'll uh, go ahead and uh, uh, send them something. when they're That's awesome. Um with our Jessica Elizarras. Yes, awesome. definitely. definitely. Um, OK, before we get to the top 10 of both your lists that are fascinating. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that ladder that led <laughs> that to, ladder. <laughs> to your hospitalization yeah. and what happened next and how you're doing Yeah, it was now. a crazy, crazy uh, year. Uh, so basically it was, uh, uh, we're moving out of our house. Uh, we're excited about moving into a new house uh, outside of 1604. Uh, we're really excited. We had just had a, uh, and we, we have two kids, so the baby was uh, still little. 
And uh, my wife asked me to go get something from the attic. Hey, we have a couple of boxes left to put in the moving truck. So I went up there, got the boxes down. As I'm coming down, the thing that I was holding on to the opening of the attic snapped and I fell off the ladder. And, and underneath me was a flat file, kind of things where you store like maybe artwork. My wife's an artist, so she would put her mm -hmm. sketches and stuff in there so they wouldn't get um, ruined. And they're hard. They're super hard. So what, was it metal? It was, uh, oh. Metal, yeah. So I, I hit my back. I landed on it, uh, on the corner of it. And uh, <clears throat> I take a blood thinner because I had open heart surgery when I was 17 years old back in 1997. I take a blood thinner. So I was worried, oh, I, I must have, there could be internal bleeding. So, and plus it really hurt. <laughs> it really, really hurt what, what, when I hit. Uh, so my wife was worried. So she's like, we're going to go to the hospital just in case. So we went, um, you know, I was there for a couple of hours. They took uh, scans and everything. And uh, at the end of it, the doctor came in and he was like, Hey, your back is fine. You know, it's going to be painful. You're probably going to be uh, sore for the next week or so. Uh, but that's, it's not the back that we're concerned about. We found something else. And uh, he showed me the x-ray. He's like, we found a, a mass in your kidney and uh well sh right away the f the worst thing goes into your mind you're like oh I have cancer and uh sure enough that's what uh week uh the following week uh met with a specialist and they did some more scans and uh sure enough it was cancer it was a stage one uh which uh thankfully it was uh early enough where they caught it you know uh, early enough to where they could operate and just uh, remove the mass that was there but and you also removed did you remove the kidney? Yes, I had to remove the entire kidney. So the what was You're walking around with one kidney? <laughs> I'm walking around with one kidney. Yes. So um what happened was the the mass was actually in the right in the center of my kidney. So he was like we usually you know like to you know, spare at least a part of the kidney, but it, it wasn't going to work out the way that they wanted it to. So they're like, we're going to have to move the entire thing. Don't worry. It's, uh, you know, it's just one of the things we're going to have to do. But as, as soon as we move that, as soon as we move the problem, then you'll be, uh, cured of, uh, the disease. And uh, that's what happened. So, um, and so you're, you no longer have cancer. Correct. And I, I, I just oh. have to go in, uh, you know, every six months to a year to get scanned and make sure that everything looks good. Um, but again, if, if it was stage two, stage three, stage four, uh, it, that's a different story. Stage one is a, is a lot different. I just had a friend who passed away uh, from the same thing that I had, but uh, just you know, out of sheer luck, I got I got it caught at stage one, and he found it at stage four. So it's just one of those things where you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I am so sorry for your loss, um, but I'm so glad you are here. Yeah, it was a scary time. It was, but um, yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get into the first. I'm fascinated by your Latino top. Is I don't know if it's top 10, but it's your top movies. And then your overall top movies. Right. Because <laughs> I loved Fargo. Oh, right. And that, that landed number four. But let's talk about um, some of those impressions that are left behind by movies like All the President's Men and... That was 1976 and Boogie Nights in 1997 and Fargo in 1996. Yeah, you know, uh, All the President's Men was, I, I saw that at such an, a young age. And that's interesting because it was even before I was a journalist. So I'm not even sure that maybe it like left a mark on me where I was like, wow, these guys are telling s these hard-hitting stories and making a difference in, in the lives of people. Changing, and, uh, changing the course of history. Exactly. And now I just have such a an obsession with really good journalism movies. And of course, maybe it's because uh, 
I, 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 I'm in the industry and I, I, I've done, um, investigative pieces before they're not my favorite thing to do because it's just so much legwork you know it's going to take you know six months eight months to finish one Absolutely, off yeah. and it's a lot of work and i don't i don't really have the bandwidth to do that right now but i've done them before and um and uh it's there just they are. it's just incredible with uh what what organizations can do like the boston globe with um with uh with that one movie that came out about the catholic church or, oh that was fascinating yeah um, um so uh, um okay it's just, yeah it's always so, been uh, something that i've gravitated to his journalism movie. I don't know. Talk to her. Talk that to her is a Pedro Amoldavar movie. He's a Spanish director. So uh, it's a really, really beautiful film. Very artistic. If you've ever seen any of his movies, they're just uh, really well made. And it's just about two women that fall into comas and the men who love them um, actually uh, meet at the hospital and form a friendship. And it just talks about their lives with these women who are laying there just kind of... Uh, uh, unable to move and speak, so they go into their lives and how they how they met and and things like that. So uh, Pedro Moldivar is a, an acquired taste for some people, but um, uh, he's just a truly truly uh, fascinating filmmaker, and I, he won the Academy Award for the screenplay for that 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 year. So, um, among your best um, or favorite Latino movies are El Norte. A lot of people will remember that as one of the first big. Um, movies with the Latino theme, it made a huge impression. And it was one of, and it was the very first Latino movie I ever saw in my life. I was about four or five when I saw it and it came out on TV and my parents were watching it. And I remember sitting down and just being glued to the TV watching it. I might not have understood everything, but I understood that there was two people trying to get from point A to point B and trying to overcome all these things. The rat scene terrified oh me. My I God, yes. still think about that to this day. It impacted Tunnel. me at such a young age. And and being able to uh, interview the director later on and just talk to him about that. Uh, Gregory Nava is such an amazing director. So to be able to talk to him and pick his brain about what he went through in, in, in that in that course of that filmmaking uh, experience has just been a, a wonderful thing for me to do over the course of you know my career. So uh, yeah, just a wonderful film. And it's one of those uh, cornerstones of Latino history and Latino cinema that I hope more people get, get a chance to see. So. so I love Argentine films and mm -hmm. um, I loved Camila. I don't know if you ever Oh, right. It. Camila's great, yeah. But you liked The Secret in Their Eyes, which I liked too. Oh, and I yeah. did not like the Hollywood <laughs> version. Isn't but, that always the case? Though? Uh, yeah. just, uh, it just didn't. And it was Julia Roberts. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. please. But, um, but the Argentine film was frightening. Yeah, and it was frightening. And it was one of those twist endings at the end where if people like twist endings and they haven't heard of this movie because a few people have seen it. A lot of people don't give uh, foreign films a chance I agree. Uh, because they just don't want to read the, the film. <laughs> you know what I've actually caught myself doing now is putting on the um, subtitles. I actually like, even if it's an English language movie, I like putting on the subtitles because I almost like wa reading the, the screenplay. I'm like reading the screenplay. That's right. So I'm not missing anything. I'm like, uh -huh. oh, wow. I, I really like the way that they, that turn of phrase or, or I, whatever. I need it with Irish films because <laughs> I don't right. understand a word. Yeah. yeah. The Banshees of an Assurance. Oh my God. <laughs> there are lots of things I missed on that one because I didn't understand their English. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough to, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm a, I'm pro subtitles. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stand and Deliver, of course. Oh, and Stand Coco. and Deliver was the first movie I ever saw at the drive-in theater off of Roosevelt. I remember that. I don't remember what the, the Mission Drive-in. Drive that was the oh. very first. I don't remember what the second film was that night, but I'll always remember Stand and Deliver. And I was a weir really weird kid. My mo my mom would take me to uh, Albertsons or 
our, our, our blockbuster to rent stuff. And she thought I would go to, you know, whatever um, was popular uh, around the, you know, early 80s or whatever. And I would always go to these weird films. She's why do you want to rent this? I was like, I don't know. It looks interesting. <laughs> and uh, so I, I've always been like that. I just always wanted to see stuff that just had a, a, an interesting story. So, uh, yeah, Stand and Deliver. I was about seven or eight when I saw that. And it just, I, I remember to this day. I remember not only the movie, but I remember that night watching it in the car with my parents. So. Yeah. And um, and I can't let you um, get away without um, let's uh, talk about your parents. I know yeah. they're gone and and what they meant to you and especially when it comes to um, education. Yeah, they were very big on education. I mean, my 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 mom and dad went to the same high school uh, that I went to Southside High School. So uh, my father was an athlete. My mother was uh, a baton twirler. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> she was in the band, she too. Was in the band too. She played clarinet, I think. Yeah, she did. She did play Karen. And so uh, they always instilled that in me. Um, um, uh, so I, uh, maybe other kids, well, maybe me back then too, would call them a little overprotective, but they always wanted what was the best for me. So I didn't party in high school. I just studied. And well, let's face it, band kids. <laughs> well, we don't know how to party anyway. <laughs> no, we were we were so tired because they marched us up and down That's all true. the time. I mean, it was my mother's way of controlling our time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, but just, uh, yeah, um, so that's where I got it from, the, my studious nature, I guess, and just uh, really wanting to just uh, do, do what was right and get a good education so I could get into a good college and do what I wanted to do. My, my father was, uh, you know, he was he worked at Kelly Air Force Base when the Air Force Base was still around. So And he did hard, hard labor, like, with his brothers and my, my tios. Um, and I would go with him sometimes to, uh, you know, on the weekends, hey, you want to go put up some shingles or build a fence? Or So I knew all about that life. I just didn't like it. I didn't know how to do it. And I still don't. I mean, my wife will tell you I'm the last person that she wants to change a light bulb, <laughs> much less build a deck well, or something. We, we don't want you to get up on a ladder. <laughs> no ladders, yeah. Uh, a, <laughs> okay, to close out, um, uh, what do you see in the future for yourself, um, given that they're a, a TV critic, a full-time movie critic? I mean, you do have a day job. Right. But a full-time movie critic is hard to find. Yeah, it is. I don't think uh, um, those jobs are available anymore. I mean, um, it just doesn't happen anymore. There's, the, the, the industry has been so diluted with so much online stuff that um, newspapers, again, are they're, they're, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they got rid of their full-time critics. So that's not going to happen anymore unless you're talking about like huge, the, the big three, which is what deadline Hollywood Reporter and Variety, you're not going to find uh, stable. So are th- is that in your future? Is that a goal? <clears throat> um, no, no, I think it was a goal maybe in my 20s. I think I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, I, my favorite thing to do is speak to the talent, whether it's somebody that's super big like Eva Longoria or Jennifer Lopez, or whether it's somebody who's making indie films. I just want to talk about the work. I'm not. I'm never been the kind of uh, reporter that's going to ask what you're wearing. I just it's not <laughs> something that has ever interested me. I want to know, like, you know, what their inspiration is behind this film, what they, what their message is, how they made it, uh, what were the challenges, and things like that. So, and especially, I'm still dedicated. I still champion Latino films as they're coming up in the industry more and more. We just talked about Eva Longoria's uh, Flaming Hot. I want to see. I want to see. Uh, 30 Flaming Hots a year, not one, you know? That's right. And uh, so we're waiting for that. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to take time, but I'm kind of, you know, for doing this for 20 years, 
I've just been hearing it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting for that 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 to kick in to kick in. Yeah. So, and um, I love how you still interview the bit players, the oh, people yeah. who are in get a couple of scenes, oh, yeah. and they're. I mean, it was the it's sort of the Danny Trejos of the future. You yeah, know? I love it. There was a, a Spielberg movie that came out a few years ago called The Post with a. Huge actors, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. And at the end of the movie, there's this one scene with Meryl Streep and she goes and she's like in a, uh, I'm not sure if it's Congress or, uh, but she's, uh, there. And this one, like a uh, clerk comes in and it's a lot, I could tell it was a Latina right away. And, uh, right after, right after the movie, I got on my phone. I was like, who's this, who's this girl? Founder, founder of publicists, called him <laughs> up the next day. I was like, I want to interview her. She has one scene with, but she has it with Meryl Streep. She's That's never right. been in a movie before. And they're like, well, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, to this day that this uh, actress um, is, uh, um, she remembers me as being one of her very first interviews. Like, well, why did you, why did you want to interview me? I was like, you know, I had like five lines. I was like, because it's just an interesting thing when you go back. What I've, one thing that I've learned about journalism or being a journalist is that people don't believe that they have a story story that others want to hear that's what i've and, and they always all do you know 99 percent of the time they do it's like no you don't understand look, look at it from my angle look what you're doing look at this amazing stuff that you're doing you definitely have a story and and opposite meryl street <laughs> opposite meryl. i'm there i'll watch it <laughs> exactly it's yeah. like that's the and it came out great it came out great and uh, she was very happy about it um to get some uh what a quote-unquote ink for the first <laughs> time so <laughs> Thank you so much for um, joining me on Nosotros. I really appreciate it. And I'll be watching you watch others. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much, Elena. I appreciate it, too.